Welcome to the Decompression Chamber. I am Andrea, your host, and joining us this week is Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? Great, Andrea. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. I I appreciate you coming on and a uh, little bit of a departure this week. Uh, we we're having you on. You're not a veteran exactly, but you were a probation officer and uh, definitely interested in any sort of. Uh, you know, civil service uh, type career, but uh, we'll start at the beginning. Uh, where are you from? What was your childhood like? Yeah, so uh, I feel like I'm always like the oddball and like, especially for uh, like the podcasting world, because a buddy of mine does an EMS podcast and he had me on. So okay, military podcast. And I fit like, like you said, it's kind of both, but um, you're but, like yeah. touching on some of the lines of the Venn diagram. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of the gray area, even in law enforcement, it's kind of. But, but yeah. anyway, yeah, I'm from um, I'm from upstate New York. I'm from like the Rochester area. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, spent most of my life there, and uh, let's see, I'm 33 now, so I just moved to Texas. Nice. Uh, got out of the area. Yeah, it's uh, it's cold. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like Minnesota. Oh God. well, there's a Rochester, Minnesota, so perhaps a coincidence, perhaps not. Yeah, uh, perhaps. <laughs> I, I've only been to Rochester, actually, I think to visit you right about the time you're you're getting unloading the house. But uh, that was during a very nice time of year. I was like, oh, this would be this is pretty, pretty cool. But I understand it just gets bitter cold and I want no part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cold, the cold's a big part of it. Uh, but I, I do miss my house. My house up there is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, an awesome house. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, uh, yep, I grew up there. Um, actually, kind of a little bit east of there. It's uh, more of a rural area, okay. basically where I grew up. But I, I kind of spent a lot of time in the city. Um, every time I say I'm from New York, people assume it's from the city. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what borough or something. But I, I did spend a lot of time down there. I think once I started going to college, um, yeah, I got out of high school, started going down there quite a bit because I had friends. I went to like Fordham uh, and started living on Long Island. Okay. So, yeah, it was down there every couple months in my late teens, early 20s. And uh, so got that experience as well. All right. Cool. Uh, and so were you going down to school or going to school down in the city, too? Or you're closer up to upstate where Ridge go to school? Oh, yeah. So um, I did consider going uh, to John Jay at one point. Okay. Uh, but I. Uh, I think that was, uh, I, I mean, I, I went to school, uh, at SUNY Brockport, um, okay. up near, uh, it's a little bit West of Rochester. Uh, I went for criminal justice and forensic science All right. and did in, I think 2013. So, All right. yeah. Uh, good stuff. So now how did you, uh, did, you know, everybody always changes their majors throughout college. Did you know what you wanted to study or? kind of open-ended the first couple years uh you know it's i i was pretty set on the criminal justice thing uh really i think my i think my junior year in high school um i always kind of like thought about it but it wasn't really something i was going to get into i was yeah. really going into more um like um like comedy stuff even back then i was kind of like doing uh <laughs> Hell yeah. figuring out how i could get into media or something like that but um I think my junior year is when a uh, state trooper did a talk for our class and uh, he kind of said like, hey, you know, if you're looking for, you know, solid, steady work. That's, uh, you know, not the easiest job, but, um, you know, uh, you have job security, basically. Yeah. Went through all the training and stuff. That combined with watching Reno 911, that looked yes. really cool. <laughs> Yes. What? <laughs> People think like, oh, I, why'd you become a cop? Oh, I watch cops. But in your case, it's no, Reno 911. That's that's what did it. My inspiration, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you mastered the banter and some of the goofy shit you might see. <laughs> yeah, there were times definitely when I was like on the job thinking like, this is like Travis Jr. shit right here. Like, this is what I'd be expecting him to do. Yeah. But, uh, well, but... I, I had an uncle who was uh, a deputy, and he said, "I don't. whoever writes that show has to know cops or has to have been a cop. It's just too, oh, too close. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They did a very, very good job. <laughs> that they did. I guess that's kind of where the, maybe the two uh, 
kind of combined there. It's like, you know, the law enforcement and comedy stuff. But I, I genuinely looked at that and I, I knew kind of even back then I didn't want to stay in New York and police sure. or something that are in every town uh, in major city in the U.S. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I started to kind of look at that. Um, okay. I guess I didn't, oh, sorry. I, I, oh. I didn't really think of probation until like much later, I think. So. Well, yeah, you kind of get like a general track and then there's probably several different things you could do when it comes to, to law enforcement or criminal justice. Um, had you ever given any thought to the military or what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, uh, I, I did consider actually, uh, Coast Guard at one point. Um, perfect. Well, yeah, you're on a great lake, so yeah, <laughs> makes perfect. sense. Good luck for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, I think the part about that that appealed to me was the, uh, was it still the law enforcement aspect of it? You know, uh, Very the, true. uh, yeah, I've seen the the videos of some of those guys like jumping onto like submarine, like moving submarines. I don't know. Dude, that's... that video was crazy. I know, yeah. right? Oh my God, Nuts. just knock knock. <laughs> Anyone home? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was badass. Well, and I mean, shout out to the boot company. Like, how do you maintain traction on a wet submarine? Exactly. Pretty, pretty yeah, impressive. What are they wear there? Are they, are they baits or what? I can't. Yeah, it can't be issued gear. It's got to be some aftermarket shit that the guy bought for himself. But yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, but uh, cool. I, I, I guess I don't really know why I kind of. I guess I was just more. I guess I kind of really just geared more towards the law enforcement part of things. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, and uh, yeah, ended up um, later on, kind of going into the probation thing, just because. It was like uh, it was towards the end of I, I'd worked different jobs, I think, after I got out of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked like security for like a big corporation and I did uh, like executive like stuff and transported people. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, there's people don't realize like corporate security is really a good industry. You know, they, people don't really think about it. So now. Yeah. Uh, were you doing that? Some of that stuff like. They were doing that before probate, becoming a probation officer. I just want to make mm-hmm. sure I have the timeline. Oh, okay. Um, and how long did you do that for? Was that like right out of school or? Mm, um, actually, it was during. Yeah, it was when I was still going to school. Uh, oh, wow. Sort of work internship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, 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 my internship was really cool. Actually, in college, I uh, oh, yeah? I was with a uh, criminal investigation division of like a county sheriff's office. Oh, okay. So. Um, yeah, I, I kind of worked security gigs for for a lot of uh, my time during and after college, and um, I think that's kind of where I started to kind of maybe veer away from like the law enforcement thing. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. Like, oh and, yeah, because I worked with a bunch of retired cops who were just just constantly saying, "Don't do it." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The people who have been there, done that, they're probably going to try and talk you out of it. Otherwise, they would probably still be doing it if they're at all able-bodied and yeah. uh yeah i just everything i see today it seems like such a thankless job to be a cop but you know at this point if if you're hearing about this like during your internship and whatever else like you've already got so much time invested right i'm like ah what do they know, you know oh okay got- you were in denial at first yeah it's it's like stages of grief <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly yeah and uh, i'm like ah, i'm gonna be different i, I never thought i never once thought i think the one thing that did do for me though is like make me go into it not thinking hey i'm gonna make a difference and like change you know everything and save the world i never ever went into it like that uh good for you so that's yeah i would have not made it very far yeah tough Uh, to do at any age but especially when you're still college age like that's that's where they make colleges i think are are put on earth to make young people delusional so um, that you're <laughs> yeah. able to resist that level of indoctrination is is laudable. It's amazing, actually. Thank you. Yeah, I think I did an all right job. <laughs> but, uh, so, but yeah, uh, when you said they weren't physically fit anymore to do that job, you're not kidding. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> some of these retired guys, just like the one guy, he's my former supervisor. He's just there in chain smoke all day. You guys, oh, you yeah. got supports, right? Like, you just, you're your own worst enemies out here. You can just tell, like, he was just. Yeah. Top. 
Uh, oh God! Yeah, it. You saw that in the military a lot too. Is like uh, especially the enlisted ranks. They hit E seven. They would just balloon up and get fat. And it's yeah. like almost without fail. It's like there were very few fit chiefs that you saw. <laughs> it's just like I guess once you get you know however many years in, you just don't give a shit anymore, and you don't have to be up to standards. So I, yeah. I take it that sheriff's office didn't have to run too many uh, physical fitness assessments. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the, the for the internship, uh, yeah, hit and miss. Some of those guys were real old school. Oh, yeah. Carried like an ankle piece and everything. And you wore like these thick Coke bottle glasses. I don't know. I just I like to think of the characters these guys were. But uh, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you're describing one of the trailer park boys with the Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think, uh, yeah, I got a pretty. I think I got a very early exposure just in college through internships and working security uh, and doing all these things. Uh, I, I really got a very full and accurate picture of what police work was like before I, you know, ever um, I, I was taking tests during those times too. And a couple of them I got offered, but it was like corrections here and there. And I really didn't want to work uh, in a prison. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you know, whole other animal <laughs> yeah yeah uh and actually not to keep just kind of going here but um i remember in high school they had uh criminal justice students go to scared straight with like the kids that were getting into trouble damn yeah so uh I got... did you get to do that or that was kind of after your time no no i went i went oh yeah that oh, was that's something awesome yeah. <laughs> but were you scared straight i mean obviously not you became a parole officer i mean you couldn't have been yeah deterred. well i think they wanted to just yeah they just wanted to give you an idea of the people you'd be working with uh on a day -in basis um and honestly like the guards of that place were probably uh some of the scarier people we encountered because they were oh, like oh yeah no I, joke that's your i mean you know in terms of uh you know use of force like that's your first first thing is presence are you a scary motherfucker if you are right. all right well you've got box one covered very well and then you've got your subsequent ones voice commands soft control all that crap but um sure yeah you give you good command presence that's the main thing and uh there's different styles of that i suppose on the job but uh you know yeah uh, um so uh some people really really have it very well and uh, I like it when uh, I think I remember uh, one of my college professors actually talking about um, how he had a 20 year career uh, with uh, a police department and never had a resisting arrest. And I thought that was very interesting wow. and it wasn't out of him not making arrests. Yeah. He was just very, very good at persuading people and talking to people. Um, and I always found that really fascinating and yeah, kind of influenced me big time um in the, my style of work and how i did it i did have resisting arrests but I wasn't well, but, you, but learning some of his tricks of the trade you probably reduced what your number significantly um probably yeah yeah i hey any any little little bit of knowledge you can put in your toolbox is uh is a good thing so uh how uh how do you get acquainted with uh, the work of a parole officer and how do you decide that's, that's the route you want to go now that you've got your education? Uh, yeah. So I think we did have some probation officers come in and I, they did like a presentation about what they do. And mm -hmm. uh, they, I honestly don't remember a whole lot. I remember the one guy saying, <laughs> I, I guess I, this is the part that stuck out to me. He, and I think he later on he was one of my instructors oh, yeah. when I went like the uh, fundamentals for probation. He uh, he went out there. He said the system does not work. Nothing <laughs> works. <laughs> and, uh, this big tangent about like how broken everything is. <laughs> and, oh great! What a again, guy. realism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lots to be said for that. You know, it's uh, you don't want. Yeah. I mean, what are they supposed to do? They they're not trained in sales. You know they're not there for a sales pitch. Might as well yeah. be uh, be honest about it. Mm -hmm. But uh, okay, but you you decide that's uh, that's the route you want to go. 
And uh, so post-graduation, how, uh, how do you get into that? Uh, so it's uh, took civil service exams, uh, studied for them as best I could. Um, I had some relatives that were uh, on probation at different times. So <laughs> you put them down as references. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Uh, but but they, they, you know, they kind of talk about what, you know, I'd hear like what their proba- probation officer expects and what they do. And I'd get sort of an idea of what was going on. Um, okay. And uh, yeah. And then ultimately I, I got the call uh, and they offered me um, a position in, their investigation unit there, um, which is uh, a little bit different than the traditional like uh, supervision role of a probation officer. Okay, um, yeah, because that would definitely be what what I thought of. So, what do you do with uh, investigations? Uh, so it's a uh, anybody that uh, at least in New York, anybody that gets um, like arrested for a, a felony, mm-hmm. um, the court typically orders a uh what's called like a pre-sentence or pre-plea investigation right so, um you know they could be you know it, it could be anything from uh they can order it for misdemeanors too but mm-hmm. most felonies they order an investigation through the court and what that does is basically it gives the court an idea of what was going on around the offense like what happened who who the victims are what they suffered uh mm-hmm. the arrested officer did they give them any trouble so um yeah uh, i would have to go to jails uh, i'd have mm-hmm. uh, people that were released on their own recognizance come to my office and sit with me and we'd talk and talk about what they did um worked a few murder cases here and there um yeah so um yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of serious crimes in there, but I also worked some supervision, adult supervision, felony supervision, okay. and did the field work too. And everybody gets trained the same. So yeah, yeah. Um, did you? Well, I guess that kind of would defeat the purpose of probation. But did you have any frequent flyers, or it was kind of a one and done deal? Mm, there were like entire families that we. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, coming in. I got I got a friend who's a court officer and he's got he's got a joke about that. He's like, you know, it's good to see families doing things together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, that dark sense of humor definitely comes into play. I I would have to imagine. Yeah, that's that's pretty sad to be seeing. You have to do something to kinda you know gotta have gala's uh, humor. Anything in civil service, seems like. Yeah, yeah. Uh but there were there, there were people um, you know, I worked uh, as a PO for uh, six years, and the like. There were people that I interviewed probably three, four times in that amount of time. So just wow. different arrests over and over again for most of the time, the same stuff. You know. Uh, I mean, were there anywhere it's like, uh, oh, this crime is worse around? You've graduated, like you're progressing, <laughs> not the direction I want you to go in, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, occasionally, yeah, there'd be some where they, they did escalate a lot of them. Um, a lot of them, it was like, they kind of stuck with their, with their crime, okay, you know, they sp- we're specialists. Yeah. It's been okay. specialized in DUI, uh, <laughs> and majored in DUI and yeah, you know, petty larceny, all that shit. But anyway, it was just like, um, uh, yeah, so I definitely got used to people. Then they'd come into my office. They're like, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "Great, great." Yeah, not <laughs> good to see you, I guess. But it worked. Wow, that's that's wild. Okay, so investigations, did uh, supervisions, um, any? Uh, now it and that's you know, of course, the probation office. I'm just kind of trying to figure this out. So um, now probation officer are you with the sheriff's department city police how much do you interface with other law enforcement um we we work with them quite often uh mm-hmm. but it was uh it basically uh it's a it's a separate entire department and i think by law it has to be then the sheriff's office or the police department even though there's still state peace officers technically it's like a it's like a state position almost even though it's 
Mm-hmm. Kind of confusing because um, they get their authority from the state. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the department can scale back however they'd like. Because basically, when you're a peace officer, like you could do everything a cop does. However, the uh, the departments scale back. Like we don't do traffic stops. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That wasn't a right. that wasn't a duty. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those could be but, hairy. But if they wanted to, our director could have said, "Yeah, I want I want you guys to start pulling people over." And uh, thank God that never happened. But th- you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's really interesting. And then this is probably a dumb question, but there's I mean, probation and parole are different. So. You were strictly probation or dealt with both? How does that work? Uh, right. Yeah. So uh, we, we would. Um, so probation is like uh, post like incarceration or pre-incarceration. So say somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's not going to state prison, basically, mm-hmm. uh, we would still deal with them, especially me as an investigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I uh, there were cases where it's like the crime they committed, the only they, they pled guilty and the only thing that uh, under state law, the sentence can only be incarceration um, mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. Um, yeah. Whereas like parole, they deal with people uh, once they're released from prison, help them like reacclimate. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot more involved. So like parole is kind of assuming like they need the tools to stay out of jail. Whereas like probation's more assuming like they could probably stay out of jail. Like, or stay out of prison. Yeah, of yeah. it used to be different. It used to, probation used to be for more minor offenses, mm-hmm. um, especially in its early days. It was really uh, a juvenile uh, kind of aim at the beginning. Okay, then, yeah, yeah, because it's kind of almost like an earlier intervention type option. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I suppose knowing the history of it makes. Uh, probably shine a little more light on it when about when did that change are we talking early like 1800s or early like before we were born yeah it oh yeah it was was long before i I think it i think when you're talking about like modern day probation i'd say probably the 60s is when it started to turn into kind of what it is now okay Uh, even though it was still pretty vastly different i think it was it was still those more uh major crimes started to be put on probation um as opposed to like you know public drunkenness or something like that it started to be assaults you know uh rapes uh, less less often but nowadays uh, you know i depending on the degree Mm -hmm. uh wouldn't surprise me at all to see somebody convicted of uh you know a rape third or something holy cow Um, yeah that's new york but uh, a little different in texas i think uh, yeah, I, I would think Texas is a lot, a lot different. Uh, yeah, New York keeps to keeps wanting to just downgrade the severity of crimes, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's a whole other whole other issue. But uh, but yeah, you bring up Texas now. Uh, you just uh, moved down there. You're obviously getting set in, settled in. Love uh, the new studio setup that you've got there. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Um, and, uh, what are you doing now that you're in, uh, Texas? Uh, now I've, uh, now for something completely different, I'm, uh, doing, uh, I've actually, um, if you ever seen, uh, I kind of got my hands in a couple of pots right now, but <laughs> I'm oh, trying good. to get more into like the media stuff. Uh, cause I think you and I first connected, uh, you know, through different, com- uh, comedy acts that we know. Exactly. And, uh, started to uh i think you started stand up long before i did and uh i've been to a couple open mics at this point and came down here to the new kind of stand-up mecca yes <laughs> as it were. Is, yeah texas is happening yeah yeah so uh it went to a couple dates up in uh up in rochester and uh or dates i guess that's not the right term open mics i should say yeah. and uh <laughs> down here i'm gonna kind of kind of get my name known i guess and start going to more of these that's and, great uh, yeah um but uh my experience as a po i think has given me quite a bit of material uh has to yeah <laughs> if it didn't you weren't paying attention um yeah now was it to the to make the switch was it more of like 
the work of a probation officer pushing you out of that role, or is it more media and entertainment drawing you in? Hmm. Um, I'd say I like the job itself. I really loved. Um, it was uh, uh, especially like the first couple of years. I think I got like the tail end of like you know. Um, again, I'm not getting political at all, but after 2020, things certainly changed in law enforcement. Oh yeah. Um, literally, I think in um, like right before everything shut down for COVID, um, we had done a bunch of like use of force trainings and mm-hmm. things like that. And then, you know, obviously towards the end of COVID, everything's different. We had to just completely relearn so many things. And there's all these new trainings that came out. Yeah. Um, some good, some bad, depending on who you ask. Uh, but sure. I think everyone would agree the job just got a lot uh, more complicated. And um, yeah, just uh, the, the risk, I think, too, of doing the job. Uh, became greater for everybody oh yeah well and that that's a huge consideration i mean you know changes are fine um but you kind of have this idea and well more than an idea but you know essentially what you're getting into if you're going to become a probation officer because like you mentioned you have to take the civil service exam you had to have gotten your you know your degree probably helped you uh land the job you kind of know you've looked into it you've explored it and you have an, some idea of what it entails and that you're up to the job and you want to go for it. So when it's just radically changed from everything that you ever expected, ever trained for, well, it's a completely different job at that point. Do you want to In some that? ways, yeah. Yeah. And, and just, um, like I said, the big thing was like, just, uh, just like the, the, what, what happens if something goes wrong, you know? I mean, yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, cops are always right or probation officers are always right because they're not. I would never suggest that. But um, there was there's there is the possibility today that you could be doing something exactly the way you were trained Mm -hmm. uh, and have somebody uh, videotape it. And and still it would not it would not look good. And your life would be over, essentially. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, uh, yeah. it you know, they whatever the phrase is it's better to be tried by 12 than to be carried by six and it's like mm-hmm. well but we're not you're not tried by 12 anymore you're tried by the media, the media. it's gonna take yeah. some viral clip and uh you know run your name through the mud and well it's not you know legal action being taken against you let's say you know say you're cleared of all charges it's just kind of like you look at some of these names it's like is this guy working anywhere ever again like does, nope. does this person have a life better go learn to be a farmer or something <laughs> go yeah, live off the yeah. land in alaska yeah, yeah. That, and ultimately that was that was a big part of me leaving i think uh but uh also the other thing was like i'd see i'd see people um retiring and i think maybe you'll be able to relate to this too people mm-hmm. leaving the work and like the kind of like uh, state they were in towards the end of their career. Oh yeah. Uh, what that does to people. So um, that um, oh, sure. they looked, a lot of them just looked 10, 20 years older than they actually were. Uh, and I just saw it uh, go bad in a few ways. So. Yeah. I, it's, it's best to, uh, to make the shift uh, while you're still a young guy and, you know, you've got other interests and other areas that you can jump into. Um, so, all right, you're doing doing the open mic thing, and hopefully start landing some landing some spots. Um, what What are some other things that you're up to media wise? I mean, you got a whole studio set up. You got uh, got some plans. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I have a couple things kind of in the works. I think you and I have talked about doing some yeah. kind of project, and I think we should um, definitely. I, I really fall, I think I fall more into like the production end of things. Uh, I've done work for uh, a lot of different people and just like made just funny little short clips, um, you know, shows back in Rochester, even I did yeah. some stuff um, and kind of got my name around that way too. But that's, that's kind of why I chose like uh, Austin. I don't care if people know I'm in Austin, whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of media and creative people here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of why I chose this spot. So I'm starting to make some inroads there and hoping yeah. uh, that goes somewhere. 
Well, yeah, and you've you've always done great work. Uh, I think your uh, your Photoshop of uh, remaking the uh, TV Guide with uh, the faces of Anthony Cumia, Dave Landau, and Pat Dixon has to be one of my favorite Photoshops of all time. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, NTSB Anthony Cumia is my desktop background. I have no plans to change it anytime <laughs> nice. soon. Uh, it makes me flatters. Yeah, it makes me laugh. Um, your uh, Photoshop of Jim Norton for mayor, I got him to sign that. That's a very prized possession. Wow, no kidding. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, you do, and of course you did the logo for my podcast. So you know you do you do a lot of great work uh, with graphic design. I I love your stuff. Um, is there anywhere that people can check that out, or they just gotta kind of hit you up uh, on the social medias? Yeah, you know, I, I'm still getting that all kind of worked out too. Uh, Fair enough. I have a, um, I have kind of like a very very new uh, Twitter page for, just for doing uh, stand up appearances and things like that. So it's just uh, Ryan August Comic at Ryan August Comic, I believe. Let me make sure. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, and so, I'll, I'll put it in this the link in the description too, so people can find you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but um. But yeah, that's kind of what uh, what I've been up to down here, and uh, I gotta say, Texas people are amazingly friendly. I cannot believe how nice people are down here. Oh, that's uh, that's great. Certainly a far cry from New York City. Yeah, <laughs> I I had some woman stop me in the subway today. Um, actually, I had two people try and stop me at different times. I was coming out of Grand Central. I'm walking to work. Some old lady asked me like how to get to think either she wanted to get to Times Square so either the seven or the shuttle and I realized like as she's like trying to flag people down and she's like desperately trying to get someone to stop nobody's stopping everybody's going it's rush hour and I realized like okay she's not a threat she needs help like I'll just I'll walk with her and point her in the right direction you know get her day on the way it was fine then (laughs) later on I was hopping on the seven train and some different type of gentleman probably a different disposition came up and asked me which way was north and i was like hell no right. <laughs> Can't point the direction and run the other <laughs> yes exactly you get the hell out of there just turn around yeah, and run yeah. who cares if it's a subway platform yeah. i mean you've probably seen uh the change in new york not just new york city but like the state in, <laughs> in yeah. the last uh, couple of years more than i think most people would, uh, especially upstaters. Well, because it's cheese up here, but down there, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I caught like the tail end of New York City being nice. And, oh, yeah. You know, and then it was like once COVID hit, then it was, it just everything went to shit. It was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ridership on the subway just plummeted, but crime like either held steady or went up. It's like, well, yeah. that's. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that like the guy, um, the uh, that incident you just mentioned? Is that like something you're just kind of used to now? Is that just like, oh, you kind of just your six senses just work a little better because it's so frequent now, or is it uh, um, uh, not as often as uh, people say that kind of thing? Getting a cost. I yeah, I never take chances. Um, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I'll rely on my sixth sense. It's like, is this person really in need? I mean, obviously, if they are, I'll I'll stop and help. Or, you know, if I start getting punched directly in the face, are there enough people around to maybe stop me from getting my head kicked in? Uh, mm-hmm. That type of thing. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's like, ah, if it's a little old lady or something like that, yeah, obviously help them out, point point her in the right direction, type deal. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, younger, able-bodied people, it's like. You have an app. You guarantee right. you have a smartphone in your pocket, and you're going to communicate better with that thing than with me. So, right. you know, I'm I'm a mark. You know, there's something that you want from me, and it's it, you know, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna. What I'm saying is they're gonna get themselves put on probation and go see someone like you. So, right, yeah, right. <laughs> Probably not anymore. But uh, yeah, 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 they'll just they'll just be let out. You know, maybe. Uh, you know, summons to report or whatever the hell it is. I'm sure they'll ignore. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's definitely a different world now. And that's kind of what I was saying before. Like the the sentences I uh, used to say, like the only people that like were still getting incarceration 
were sex offenders. Yeah, yeah. And, and even and <laughs> towards the end of my career, even those people were just getting like very lenient sentences. And I'm like, um, yeah, <laughs> for a change. Well, and it's funny too because uh, you know the big thing talk about broken windows policing and people don't really understand how that works. Right. And it, I think it's because we don't really understand the mind of a criminal. And I just read an article. There was a guy, he got sentenced to like two and a half decades for a rape and mm -hmm. he raped someone, woman on the subway a year or two ago, got away. And I don't think there was any camera recordings, anything else, but like she called, reported the rape right away, gave a great description of the guy First of all, he doesn't change his clothes. Second of all, he hops a turnstile and just unrelated, the cops are like, and you hop turnstile, let's see some ID, whatever else. And then they realize, hey, he looks like this guy who just raped someone. Don't Not... I know you? <laughs> yeah. And like for you and me, if we, you know, did something really egregious that would send us to jail for a long time, you know, not that we would rape someone, but we might carry a kilo of cocaine. We're not perfect. Who hasn't been there? Yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> The first thing I'm going to do is make sure that I swipe through the turnstile. Something. Right. You know, just so I'm not, st uh, there's no reason for me to be stopped, questioned, whatever else. And right. like, that's just that he hopped the turnstile is just like, doesn't compute to me. It's like 404 error. I'm like, why would you do that? Now you're in right. prison for two and a half decades, you moron. Just uh, maybe just the attitude, though. Maybe it's just completely like uh, just blatant. Like, I'm not going to get in trouble for anything, which. Yeah. Two, two and a half decades. Pretty good, especially for New York City. I mean, I got to say. Yeah. I was, uh, I'm like, did, she, did he like cut her leg off? Like, what else? It was right. just like, I'm, I'm so cynical now. I'm like, wait, it was just a rape. Like, it's still <laughs> egregious. But yeah, you think with New York City, there's got to be something else involved in the yeah. crime it could be it could be maybe he was like a second felony offender or something like oh, that yeah, it could be the second felony offender does not necessarily mean you've committed two felonies like it has to be a felony within a certain amount of time and a certain certain felony and uh there's all sorts of different categories it'll twist your brain up in pretzels when you're trying to like uh read the statute and understand how it all works uh, but basically there's a bunch of things that have to line up for you to basically be like um a uh, second felony there's like a second violent felony offender and all these other different categories but oh. um well then i'll well, abandon all hope of ever reading and understanding that law. <laughs> yeah. just yeah avoid it all together uh, pay pay a really good lawyer if i get in trouble um yeah well yeah I, I, definitely new york city's deteriorated but i i guess either i didn't know that much about rochester or it's gone through its own negative changes over the years because i just hear about all sorts of crazy crime and like didn't some guy with a hood die naked in the winter and then like the mayor's a nut bar i mean rochester just like exploded in the last couple of years yeah yeah they definitely had their own uh it was um <clears throat> That was uh, the Daniel Prude case, I think you're talking about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah that was uh, that had happened. I think that had happened before the George Floyd incident. Yes, happened. yes, I remember and, that. And the uh, there was like the the mayor's office like knew what had happened, and I've heard all sorts of things about that case and what actually happened. For like mm -hmm. the EMTs were at fault. I've heard of, I've heard that you know yeah. that he they there was all all sorts of like crazy rumors flying around by people who are, you know, like either on the force or things like that. Um, and you're right though. It was just a similar incident that kind of caused Rochester to essentially like melt down. I think right around the time that I think when you came to visit that one time, it was, mm -hmm. was that 2020? I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was right as you were selling your house. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that might've been, never mind. It might've been 21, but I just remember, like living in the city at that time, it was uh, like it's just uh, you heard the noise level increase. Oh, I bet. Yeah, a lot it, of a lot of unrest for sure. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, I wouldn't know what to say specifically about that case. Just uh, like you're like you said, though, it did kind of change uh, specifically crime in Rochester, and now um, you know, in some way or another 
uh, it has affected like the homicide rate there, which has like doubled. Yeah. Oh my that's god. That's... Like it went from I think fifty or sixty maybe to like eighty, almost ninety, I think, in twenty twenty one. That's um, yeah, that's just crazy. Because what's the population of Rochester? I think it's uh, uh, I could be wrong here. I think it's a little over million, million two, something like that. Oh, it's that big. Whole okay. general Monroe County area, I think they include, but um, yeah. So it's basically like Austin, Texas, has a similar. I think might okay. be more here, mm-hmm. but I think it was like I think it was like half that here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which like yeah, and you hear about all the problems of coming out of Austin and everything else, but. Uh... But yeah, Rochester, I was just always blown away by how many violent crimes were coming out of there. It was like, wasn't this supposed to be kind of a nice area? And like, I I went to your house, I went to another friend's house up there on my little excursion. I was like, yeah, it seems kind of nice. Where where the hell is all this stuff popping off? Yeah, it's mostly downtown. But I mean, there of are course. nice spots for sure. And it's, it's a shame that, uh, you know, sometimes it does spill out into like... Uh, areas where people are just trying to live their lives. There's been a lot of carjackings in Rochester. Oh, um, no. Yeah, it's uh, just crazy. Um, lots of stuff like that. Lots of lots more high-speed chases and things, like, through the city. Like, ah, how quaint. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Well, yeah, uh, it's um really sad state of affairs. Hopefully, uh, you know, states like Texas and Florida are kind of have their stuff together and show some sort of a blueprint for how to, uh, you know, not screw up in the first place or to unfuck oneself if if you do screw up. Um, yeah, it yeah. seems that way at least here with uh, uh, Greg Abbott. I mean, he kind of he he did. Uh, I guess people were saying like crime was out of control in Austin. I got tired of him. Like, what the hell? Everything's fine. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe by Austin standards, it's like, well, I don't know. Put you know, Charles Whitman up in the clock tower. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Uh. Yeah. But, uh, supposedly terrible. there's a serial killer running around down here. Huh. Like that's what they, I, I think it's nonsense, but there's like, uh, there's like all these, these guys uh, like in their uh, like early thirties that kind of look like me that are getting found uh, dead in the lake. That's, really? <laughs> yeah. That's... And, that's surprising. Well, you should dye your hair or get fat or do something to protect yourself. Don't don't yeah. be a victim. I'm weighing my options. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Change your gender. That'll that'll save you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right in here in Austin. <laughs> yeah, it's wouldn't even raise any eyebrows. It just get the serial killer off your back. Wow. Yeah, it's all it's all it's for self preservation. Yeah. People. Safety first. Exactly. Um, Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, Greg Abbott, he's seems to be doing something right. Um, you know, he won't stand for it. But um, it's sh- <laughs> worst heard- worst joke I'll tell all week. <laughs> I've 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 heard people openly call him like Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad uh, his name doesn't rhyme with uh, something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh wells. Um, but yeah, I, well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing that stuff. And, uh, you know, you did six years as a, as a probation officer. Uh, if you had, if you knew anyone who was looking to go into that kind of work, anything with law enforcement, uh, would you have any advice for them? I don't want to say just one word. Don't. <laughs> Cause, that's, uh, that's advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause that's not, that's not even would be my advice. Um, I would say just like one thing that um, I'd say if you're going to go for a position, especially in law enforcement where, uh, you know, you're, you're dead set on that. Okay. That's great. Especially if you're younger and you want to go to college for criminal justice, mm-hmm. uh, unless that's really your passion, don't do that. Cause you're going to want some other skill uh, when you get out. And it's not, uh, it's, it's really not, I, there are, there are skills that I learned there that, uh, I'll have with me forever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's something that uh, I'm so like glad I did. I don't regret a second of actually like doing that job. It was amazing. Um, but 
Uh, I really wish I'd like kind of branched into or had something else in my pocket because basically I could have had whatever degree I wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, still, yeah, to some extent, I could have, um, you know, if it was somewhat related to social work, but for the most part, um, I could have gotten whatever degree I wanted. Um, but, uh, but I guess, uh, you know, criminal justice is a very cool degree. It's just, it better be exactly what you're looking for. And your, your employment options having obtained that are pretty one dimensional is what you're saying. Yeah. It's <laughs> really creative. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and just the other thing is to, um, you know, look after your health. That includes oh, yeah. like your physical and mental health. Uh, my first day on the job, my supervisor told me, he's like, do not take this shit home with you. Like, don't Smart. think about it. Just walk out the door. And believe me, that is way easier said than done. Because some days you see and hear the most horrible things you've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, you better be prepared for it. Because uh, I thought I was. And there's like stuff that, uh, you know, I can't unsee, as it were. Yeah, yeah. I... I have a very low stress job now, let's be honest. But if if they need to get a hold of me, you know, they can. I do want to see if something's an emergency, so I'll I'll get emails on my phone, you know, when I'm at home and it's just okay. And it's it really is like the physical as well as mental connection where it's like when I swipe that email away, it's gone until right. I get back to work on Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's an emergency, sure, you know, I'll I'll see what I can do, but it's like, all right, is this person saying that they're going to hurt themselves? Nope. All right. Well, uh, I'll come to that on Monday. You know, but again, that's easier said than done. Uh, seeing what you saw as a probation officer, uh, that's got to be, you probably don't perfect that even after a 20-year career. That's, yeah, that's, again, kind of why I left. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with, like, 25, 30 years of that. Oh, um, but God. what, what, uh, what, I mean, like, obviously you have this podcast here, um, but like, what's something like kind of, cause you're, you're still kind of actively doing this uh, or like dealing with um, situations sort of like what I was dealing with because I monitored some people and I had to like, uh, when you leave, you, you still kind of worry, you yeah. know, like, Oh God, what's going to happen this weekend? <laughs> like, when am I going to come into Monday? Um, that kind of yeah. thing. So what do you do to like, kind of like let all that go and like decompress are you able to just walk out the door kind of like what you said or do you like yeah. uh, read or listen to comedy or what do you what's oh your thing? yeah comedy all the time um yeah, i kind of have my daily routine i mean i get up early every morning and uh and lift some weights um mm -hmm. so that's that's huge for for my mental health just that i'm getting up moving around getting getting everything done before anyone else is probably even awake um, yeah. my commute usually is like the worst part of my day. That's the part that pisses me off the <laughs> yeah. most, but, uh, you know, I'm listening to a comedy podcast or reading something interesting, whatever else. So I'm making use of my time. Uh, then, uh, highlight of my morning before I actually get started. I don't talk to anyone. Uh, no exchange of pleasantries. I make my little French press coffee. Nice. And then I'm ready to start my day. And then, you know, the tidal wave of everything can come through. Lunchtime, you know, listen to some more comedy, eat, eat my little lunch that I, I packed the night before. And then when I go home, I just turn my brain off, listen to a comedy podcast, you know, come home, get some sleep. Uh, and then, yeah, the weekends, you know, have other, other stuff to do, try and try and make a plan. Do you think like the military was helpful in that? Just turning it off? Like you kind of mentioned like a Shock switch. You know, uh, shockingly, probably not. Uh, really? Because, yeah, because the military was like a 24-7 job. Like, you could be recalled or whatever else. So yeah. the civilian job where it's like, no, like, you're done. Go home. It's yeah, like, you're punched out. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So, yeah, I don't think that really came until, you know, probably even after I got out of the reserves because they were, you know, they'd call me for crap during the week or whatever. I don't have to deal with that anymore. It's done. It's over. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it does does take some practice, but uh, you know, it's it's nice to have a low, low stress kind of you know nonprofit uh, Red Cross type job. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. My little county government was like dysfunctional. I'm trying to imagine like on the federal level. Oh my God. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, if you, that's the thing, like, you know, cause if you, there are people who say I want to join the military cause I want to serve my country. And like, that's a very noble notion, but it's also very, a naive, very naive one. Let's be yeah. honest. And yeah. I tell people about, uh, I met this kid. Um, he's a senior in high school. He's going to join the Marine Corps over the summer and like, God bless him. And, I was kind of like, all right. And, you know, he goes to like a decent school and everything. And, you know, he could probably do a lot of different stuff. But he's just, mm -hmm. no, I, I, you know, I want to serve my country. You know, I kind of want to be a badass and whatever else. And it's like, that's really cool. But it's also kind of like meeting a 12 year old who still believes in Santa Claus. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it warms your heart with the Christmas spirit. But you're kind of like, ah, you're going to get fucked up so hard. But, yeah, yeah. I'm still pulling for you. <laughs> I'm going to save everybody. It's like the, the 50s. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. Adam 12 anymore, dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's like, well, you'll be cured of that right soon enough anyway. And then, you know, you'll have, have a good life experience that no one else, none of your other peers will have. So it just will be good in a way that you never thought about. That's sure. All. Yeah. Imagine Joe Friday getting like... This bucket of water dumped on his head. <laughs> Swab that up. Yeah. Boot. Oh yeah. Oh my god, poor kid. That'd be a I funny need... modern dragnet. That'd be funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do that. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, here I'm. I'm having flashbacks to boot camp, like getting stressed out about that. Um, but yeah, luckily, luckily now in my older years lower stress life and it sounds like uh that's the path that you've cho chosen uh being in uh in texas and pursuing something that you're that you're passionate about and doesn't come with uh convicted felons so well <laughs> well but they're not actively you know right i don't they're not my responsibility anymore i guess <laughs> yeah yeah they you don't have to check in with them or investigate right. what they did so yeah, it's an improvement it's a good very big improvement <laughs> i well, behaved myself for most of this call i don't want to <laughs> oh yeah it's yeah. a humor into this too much because i you know i hear you but uh but yeah i'll definitely uh for the youtube version of this i'll put uh your twitter in the description so people can find you for for some of the work that you do because uh, again i love the photoshops that you do and that's only one side of the production work that uh that you put out um and uh yeah, do you have anything else that you want to plug or uh promote? Um no, I mean thank you for that. Um yeah, I'm on like uh locals still. I think it's just Brian August still. I think you just look me up there. Uh but um I don't have too much posted on there yet. I plan to eventually, um, in the coming months. So awesome. stay tuned, I suppose. Yep. Yeah, I'll I'll promote that as well. Um but yeah, again, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your experiences. Uh, really interesting because obviously, as probably anyone listening and, and you discern very quickly, I know jack shit about the legal system and probation and parole. and I know jack shit about the military. but I mean, <laughs> we really. made it work. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. It's honored I, to be here. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, have a have a great rest of your week.